You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Riley juggles, bobbles, and throws home. And it's not in time. Oh, it's early. It's early. Man. Joe. Joe, I just wanted to take this time to say going. Going into this series, I know there was a lot of discussion really about how badly the Braves were going to beat the brakes off the Oakland A's. It was probably just a matter of formality, right? Like, oh my, I can't wait to see what that scoreboard looks like at the end of this series because that is going to be a load of fucking shit, you poverty franchise fucks. Roll into the fucking town thinking shit was going down any other way than catching two hot ones across the fucking grill. Wake the fuck up. This ain't the fucking chop house, bud. It's the fucking town. Bear down. Get ready for a beat down. That's what the fuck happened. Bet you wish you would have took a fucking round tripper instead of touching down in Oak Town and catching that beat down. You should have kept your ass on that bird headed back to the GA. Because not fucking here, pal. Not fucking now. Take your best fucking record in the NL East. Take your best fucking pitching. Kiss all of my asshole. The entire thing. Every fucking bit of it. <laughs> fucking. Ah, with that Bryce Alder. He's got a super. Throw your fucking 92 onto a barrel one time and get the fuck out of here. That's uh, okay. Hey, we got Rachel right. Iglesias. To like, oh, who? Who? We got a great infield. Austin Riley's a go- uh, fucking what? Give me it. Give me it. The fuck yeah, out of here. You want to get the fucking bro, green fuck. and gold hot? You want to get the swing of A's motivated? Say something. Oh, man. We ran, Braves ran into a buzzsaw. What do you want me to say? Now, you're damn right they ran into I, a it's... buzzsaw by the name of J.P. Sears and Company. <laughs> That's who the fuck they ran into. P- and, uh, P.D. P.D. Blackburn. What do you, what's his nickname? Paulie Punch uh, out. His name's Paul. His name's <laughs> Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Petey Blackburn. You can can find him on uh, Name Redacted. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. Like just to even call him Petey Punch Out makes it sound so fucking JV. (laughs) That's cute. Don't you have a guy by the name of Petey Button? No, it's fucking Paul Blackburn, all star right hander to you, Mm -hmm. you cacksacker. Someone had. Yeah. Well. We're learning a lot about the A's right now. They're arriving. They're yeah, here. We'll fucking educate you. Yeah. No um, we'll educate you. I learned something interesting on the broadcast listening to Dallas is that some teams are having to turn off their pitch comps because the A's are eavesdropping because there's not enough people in the crowd <laughs> to drown out is that the true? pitch comp. And I, that's what Dallas said on the broadcast. So, Buddy, I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. You can just look at Sean Murphy with this fucking earpiece out, pitch comp off. Him using hand signals. It's, I mean, <laughs> that's real simple. life. That's real life. That's absolutely real life. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's real. That feels yeah, like the a, are- that feels more of an indictment on technology than the Oakland A's fan base, in my opinion. Dude, that's really? ac- that's actually incredible that 
the A's have come up with the the market inefficiency, the new home field advantage, which is just eerie quiet. Just <laughs> fucking utter silence. Silence. That's right. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's right. We will we will hustle the fuck out of that bitch bomb if you ain't got your shit to yeah. You don't want to come to the Coliseum, bitch. We'll hear all your signs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when you're a, when you're a, when you're a pitcher on the mound and you hear fastball, 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 that's a that's a bad it's a bad feeling. It's a bad. That's when you look in, you're like, hey, Murph, pop the fucking earbud out, bud. Let's just go manual. Okay? Yeah. Uh, enough of this. Yeah. Well, old school, <laughs> old school baseball at the yeah. Coliseum. Uh, the <laughs> Oakland A's have not just won a baseball game; they have won the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Second finale. One of the year. Yep, Not finales to tonight. One of the year. Yep, big time A's. The swinging A's have twelve wins on the season. Uh, I don't know. I, are, are you Jared, feeling that's now? A sweep? That's now our second. That's now our second two game winning streak of the season. <laughs> yeah. So w- when you talk about shit starting to turn around and things getting better, all you need is a little streak. And I know some people are going to say, "Oh, streaks three. Look, hey, fucking baby steps. Consecutive okay? wins to me. Streak. Consecutive wins. We mm-hmm. have done something in a row. Yep, and it's positive. Yep. So fuck off. Mm-hmm. The the A's winning consecutive games made it to ESPN's bottom line league. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. That happened. I mean, it is it is very much in, uh, a highly improbable thing to happen in our game, but that's why baseball is the best. Is because the Atlanta Braves are one of, if not the best team in the National League. Mm-hmm. And they have lost a series to the worst baseball team of literal all time. Like the entire time that the earth has been around, this is the worst team to ever do it. And they just lost I, a series. Uh, That's why baseball is great. You never know who can win, win a baseball game on any given day. I'm, I'm trying to find uh, <laughs> I sent because Peter Moylan is in town. Oh, uh, he's he is the fucking best. He is a gem yeah, of a human he- being. He, he's beautiful. Trust me. Like, like uh, <laughs> he was in, he, he came into my booth for three and a half minutes and it mm-hmm. was just a fucking whirlwind of hugs, high fives, emotions, shit talking. And then he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> and my buddy was like, who was that? I was like, it's Peter Moylan. You're going to, yeah. you're going to learn about him. I'll tell you all about him. Top five human I, in the sport. I would say, but I sent him a picture uh, <laughs> right before the game went on, you know, cause I could see him down the booth and I was just looking at the camera, flipping it off. And I, <laughs> and I said, I said, maybe your poverty franchise will figure it out tonight. Unlikely against the swing and A's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he just responded very politely. He was like, Hey man, hopefully last night turns things around for you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's just rude, bro. It's yeah. uncalled for, right? Yeah. Not how we need to start this game. Side note, was, uh, side note, but still nice. on topic. I think how cool. I know it must suck to be an A's fan, but also how cool must it be to watch the games and hear one version of Dallas, but then you can like listen to this podcast and get your local broadcasters unfiltered thoughts on what's actually going on. Like in no other, I don't think that there's another sport, not just another team in baseball. I don't think that there's another sport that you can do that. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying this like, yeah, I'm the only. one. I don't know. Like, I'm sure. Like, there's nobody that does a basketball. There's nobody that does like a basketball podcast. That you know, probably not. Like in an unfiltered national sense. Like if 
if there's a regional broadcaster somewhere in another sport, they probably just cover their own team. I would imagine. Fair. Yeah. And that that's just yeah, like I, a well, guess because I don't even know that what, that person what, exists. Yeah, what what I'll, I'll tell you what it's done is uh fans of other teams when when I roll into town, they watch know, they, the A's they, broadcast. Oh, they they yeah, and I'm not saying like, oh, I do. I get a lot of I get a lot of folks who are like, yo, when your when your team when our team's playing the A's, we're watching you. And it's because, you know, I got to talk to you uh, outside the stadium or I saw you down on the field or whatever. And and those moments are are cool because that's where they're like, you know what? Like if I if I hear you on the broadcast, I, I got an idea how you are, and I see you on Twitter, and you're funny as hell. But then I hear you, and I realize like you are just you're just the same. There's just a little there's a layer to what you say and what you can't say. And now that we know you, or we have an idea of how you are, like this puts it all together. Yeah, I mean I'd fly my guy down here to do me sometimes. No, no hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> Zero hesitation. I'll fly, I mean, if you guys are in, I'll fly. He'll do you too. If yeah. You're in. Yeah. America! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What do you have on that thing? Nothing. <clears throat> so it was a great, well, it's not over yet, but it's been a great series so far. It's been a great series. It's been a great series so Huge. far. I've it's enjoyed friends. it. Matt Olson and Sean Murphy in town. Heard a lot about that that Bryce Elder fellow. He was fun to watch. Sorry about the ERA going up, but um <laughs> a tick. Did it? <laughs> Did it? No, I think it he gave up one run. I, I think it went down. It probably went down, yeah. It went down. The guy is <laughs> insane. He's the best player. Mm-hmm. We got yeah, it was uh, he was fun to watch though. Bryce Elder was fun to watch, like on a serious note, because of the and I said it going into the broadcast. Just watching him go to work, it's nothing that's going to be super sexy or overpowerful, but it's pitching. The slider, he's extremely confident in. The sinker does a great job of keeping guys on the ground. Um, it was it was fun. A lot of early contact, a lot of strikes. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the way he goes about it. Mm. Well, uh what a story. What a story it has been. That's right. Uh, people, <clears throat> so Dallas is obviously, as a former player, has a ton of competitive energy, but that hasn't gone away in his broadcasting career. So the open to today's podcast was an outpouring of, it's almost like shaking up a, a bottle of soda and it's just needed to burst all season. And after not just getting uh, one singular win, a series victory against a really good team against Joey's team. Mm-hmm. What a what a perfect storm that was! <clears throat> so it thank was beautiful. You. I was, was. I, and I and I was treated to the return of Mike Soroka. Yes, as well. yes. You know, that, mm-hmm. that was uh, it. Was uh, <clears throat> it was cool? We were getting in the elevator. I was getting the elevator to go up to the press box and in Oakland where the visiting team's uh, gym is, it is the doorway is right in line with the elevator to go up to the press box or to come down. So if anybody's in that doorway of the gym, you can see them as you're getting on the elevator. And I was going up before the game and myself and uh, Jess Kleinschmidt were in the elevator. And as the elevator started to, close a little bit 
Mike Soroka popped his head out of the out of the gym, you know, because he was getting ready. And he looked at me and I looked at him and then I like realized I was like, oh, that's fucking that's rope. And I got like a, I got a big smile on my face and I put my hand through the door and I stopped the door and it opened again. And he looked at me and, and locked eyes. You know, he had his headphones in and shit and he just he got this big smile on his face and I like looked around like to see if anybody was looking and then I stepped back in the elevator and just gave him like fucking 20 emphatic fist pumps. Like, Let's fucking go. <laughs> and he just fucking he just looked at me and like, you know, kind of clenched his his lips a little and and just like nodded his head like, yeah. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> fucking awesome, man. So it was it was really really cool to see the ovation from the fans, Ace fans in the house as well as Braves fans because for the Ace fans that do show up to the ballpark still, those are, again, kind of like Cardinals fans. These are diehard, educated baseball fans. They get it. They're not just fans of the A's. They're fans of baseball. So when he came trotting out, all the homies out in right field that are there at the ballpark early, they were losing their shit. They were pumped up just because they they know what this means to the player, to the fan base. I mean, if there's any fan base right now that is sympathetic or empathetic to what other fan bases feel, it's it's the A's. Um, so they were all in on the Braves getting a guy like Soroka back. Um, I, I wish things would have went a little better for him personally, but ultimately for him to walk off the mound healthy is what you wanted. And that's what everybody was talking about is, buddy, I don't care if it's fucking three innings with 10 runs. If he walks off the mound with everything attached, feeling good, it's a win. So in that regard, it's a big win for the Braves and Mike Soroka. And I was very, very, very happy to see it live. Uh, one thing I did want to ask Dallas, since he was he got to watch the Soroka start live, and if Joey has anything too, please. But I was looking at the numbers this morning, and I was trying to – like the first thing that I looked at is, all right, it's his first start in almost three seasons. What's his velocity look like compared to what it was before? And it's all of his velocity is intact. What was different? in this start than it had been in previous in his previous work is the gap between his fastball and his other pitches. So in 2020, the gap between his fastball and his off speed, primarily his changeup was 11.7 miles per hour. And the gap between his fastball and breaking ball was 10.7 miles per hour. Last night, those numbers were 10.5 and 8.7. So there was a two mile an hour decrease in, in gap in his fastball and breaking ball uh, and fastball and off speed compared with what he was. Is that something that anybody is noticing after the start? If it's Soroka, is that something that's like first start doesn't matter who cares? Or is that like, is that interesting? I guess. Sure. It's not a first start. Nobody cares thing. It is also not a first start. All right. This is a glaring thing we need to pay. Yeah. This is just something to take note of, right? Because we talk about stuff waning later in an outing. And what do you look for? Like, I'm not typically looking for fastball velocity when I'm considering whether or not a guy is starting to, to wane. I start to look at the crispness of the breaking ball, right? Because it takes more effort to get on top and to finish those pitches with consistency than it does to just let a fastball go. And at times, your 94 could look very different and feel very different than 94 at the beginning of the game. Your 94 late in the game could lose angle, could lose a little vert, and it's probably not going to have quite the finish on it, but it could still be 94 miles an hour as opposed to 94 in the beginning of the game looking very different. So that separation, Jay, is something to take note of moving forward, but ultimately 
How did the arm feel at the end of this outing? How did the lower half feel at the end of this outing? If they're able to gather some data, which I don't know that he was wearing any sort of pressure nodes or anything like that, but what sort of, you know, what sort of force and torque are we creating later in our outing that will tell us these things? Those are all data points that you pay attention to, but are not wholesale. Like, let's make a change after your first start because there's a little closer window in your velocity than before. Yeah, it was primarily him throwing the breaking ball and off-speed stuff harder. So my amateur brain takes me to like, maybe he was just amped up, right? And like, sure. maybe maybe he was just throwing it a little harder and would back off the gas as he gets more comfortable. But I just thought that was interesting wanted your opinion. Yeah, and, and also think about it like this too, Jay. That could be a point of encouragement because when, when you guys go to a baseball game and you're watching the pitchers warm up, know this. When you watch them throw their breaking balls, their curveballs, their changeups and stuff, as scouts, you pay attention to that stuff because you can't just lollipop that kind of shit in there and it look like it's going to look in the game. So in between innings, you're not watching a guy throw his like C slider, right? Or his C curveball. Like, no, he's got he's to essentially step on that. That's going to look pretty close to what it's going to look like in the game. The fastballs, on the other hand, those are different. You're probably not going to see 96 out of a guy in between innings if he features 96. You're probably going to see low eights, maybe low nines. But again, to the point of watching the crispness of your off-speed pitches to determine whether or not a guy's starting to feel fatigued or not. So I, I, I like your assessment on the fact that it's early. It's the first game, probably a little hyped up. So not much, <clears throat> not much stock for me to put into that after one outing. Mm. Um, we are... About, call it, 15 minutes into the podcast. I haven't even mentioned that we have a little interview with Joey Votto today. <clears throat> yeah, Joey Votto on the podcast. It was quick. It's not, it's nothing. I mean, it was probably uh, seven minutes. I didn't want to, I, I was very intimidated. It's probably the first, <clears throat> one of the first interviews. And I've, I've probably done hundreds, but I, maybe the first one where I was like, I don't think that uh i did, going into it didn't think it was going to happen <clears throat> and also uh didn't have any type of relationship with the player going in and i don't think that any type of relationship is going to exist after it's just kind of like you go in you get joey Votto, this mythical creature and then he just the dissipates into into the universe um <laughs> so you were you were you were just an escort brought to joey Votto. <laughs> Brought to Joey Votto's table. You were told how to get under the table. You mm -hmm. were told to not touch anything other than what you were there for. Yeah. And when you leave, don't make a noise. Don't hit your head on the table getting up. Um, I think the so with Joey Votto, I feel like he doesn't do a ton of media. So I just wanted to pitch it to him as hey, I just want to talk to you about Ted Williams. So that's all the conversation was about. Like this is not like some like in-depth interview. I was right. just literally like, hey. We're at Fenway. Uh, I know you're a big Ted Williams guy. Like, let's talk Ted Williams for 10 minutes. That's actually way minutes. more interesting to me. Yes. I'm way more yes. likely to listen to that interview now than I would be if it was a general, like, let's chat with Joey Votto. Yeah, for sure. Like, way I'm, more like, I'll, interested. I'll be, yeah, totally honest here. Like, hand up, not going to listen to it, but <laughs> <laughs> would definitely be more intrigued to listen to something like that than like, oh, this is just a regular ass interview. Like, because it's Joey Votto, you got an idea of what kind of canned answer you might get because, like you said, he's not a huge media dude. 
So I would always be more inclined to talk to dudes. That's like, like Jared, like how we start our interviews. Like the first 15, 20 minutes is rarely anything fucking baseball related at all. And sometimes we don't even get to baseball until a fucking hour into it if they're hanging around. And that's, I think, and especially where where the game is going today, where the personalities are going today. I think folks know they're going to get their bullshit sort of, you know, network responses from other outlets. It's stuff like that. That is going to, I, I think, carry the the game's insight to fans that are after shit like that. Well, well especially with a dude who has so much insight to give, like, why not drill down on a topic because you know he's capable of drilling down on it? Right. Like, there did aren't he, that had, many. Has, ba- did he read his book? Did Did he read the Science of Hitting? Yeah, yeah, front to back, okay. like fifty times. Like he's yeah, he's that big of a Ted Williams guy. That's why I was very intrigued to have the conversation. He also. Uh, he answered my first question before I asked it. <laughs> so there was that. And then there was another nugget in there that was very interesting about his future in the game of baseball. Um, that's, that's what you call a fucking tickle right there. Just a little, just a little humming on the beanbag, just a little tease. I'm now at this point, I'm just trying to sell Dallas on it. I want Dallas to listen to it now. Um, but without further ado, uh, here's like a seven minute interview with Joey Votto. All right, we're here with Joey Votto, Cincinnati Reds legend, baseball legend. I had to ask you about another baseball legend. I've seen you talk about him. I know that you're a big fan. Ted Williams. How many times now have you been to Fenway Park, by the way? Uh, this is my third time. And. I still don't believe he hit that Red Sea. Okay, thank you. That, that's yeah. literally what I was going to ask you. Do you know uh, the, the David Ortiz story when it comes to the Red Sea? I can, I, my understanding is that David tried for years to come close, and he, he didn't even come close to close. And David has, you know, a lot of power. You know, he, can, he has 500-some-odd homers. Now, Ted, there's no denying that Ted was a better power hitter than David Ortiz. Is, they're incomparable. I mean, it, it, uh, Ted led the league in slugging. I want to say something like nine times. Um, you know, so so I don't think we have a guy that's playing right now that's led the league maybe more than three times. So he's clearly a fantastic power hitter. I just I just don't know. If that Red Sea, and it, it may be blasphemy on my part, but it's a long way. All I'm really trying to say is everyone out there that may react to this, it's a long way. And then, um, like, for example, if someone hit their, like, very best ball, let's say we had uh, sh- best power hitter Shohei Otani hit his best ball, pulled it, hit it as well as he could. Then he picked up the ball and then threw it again. And it probably wouldn't get to that red seat. That's how far that seat is. So, I, I maybe it's the truth. Maybe Ted did did hit the seat. You know, you know. So David Ortiz took a metal bat out there to yeah. batting practice. Still could not hit the red seat. He says it's bullshit. I don't think. Have you ever, as a fan, you've been here now three times. Have you ever sat out there to have the perspective? Yes. Yeah. Intentionally, the first time I was here, I sat out there, and. You know, I, I, I don't, I, Ted never, my, my understanding is Ted never said it, that he hit the seat. Uh, maybe he did. You know, we were debating it today during batting practice, and I, I, I again, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm not saying it's impossible. We have a young player in, in AAA who has a chance to get to the major leagues 
His name is uh, De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz. And he hits the ball. I think he's the number one prospect in the game. And he had a game where he hit three balls over 115 miles an hour, which no team has ever done, let alone. And we hit batting practice. And one of the, I, I hope I'm on the team when he, um, when he comes to Boston and attempts to, we're going to ask him to attempt to hit that. And if he can hit that, then I believe that, I believe that Ted Williams can hit it. Are you going to ask him to do it with a metal bat or a straight up wood first? Straight up, straight up. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Ted Williams obviously like spent his entire career with the Boston Red Sox. You have spent your entire career with the Cincinnati Reds. How important is it for you and how cool is it to have done that? Like how much along the way was that of importance to you? Well, Ted retired as a Red Sox. I haven't retired yet. That's true. You know, so we, it's, I, I can't even comment on it. What Ted did uh, as a Boston Red Sox is um, there's only a, hand, a handful of players that, had, that stayed with one team and had that level of success. I mean, there's maybe five players in the history of the game that were at his level. You could say Ruth. You could say Willie Mays. Uh, um, you could maybe say Mickey Mantle. Uh, so there's not there's not many players in, in his group. Hank Aaron, of course, um, and they they, if I'm not mistaken, Mickey was the only one that played with the same team. I don't think, that, I don't know if they count. If I'm not, I think Hank played with the Milwaukee Braves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they how they how they go about that. Like, I think Jackie Robinson played with the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, so do end. they just say Dodgers with yeah, that? Dodgers okay, so Hank Aaron's in that all Braves, uh, you know, one team conversation. So there's only a few players at his level. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. The banning of the shift. We've got some guys that are flirting around like high three seventies. Is it? Is it? I know it's not physically impossible. But it's been a long time since since the 1940s. Is it possible in today's game, especially now with the rule changes and the way that the game is played to hit 400? No, not yet, not yet. What has the, to happen? The zones, the zone is is a factor. The strike zone is the strike zone is what it is. This is not a this is not a commentary on the strike zone, but the strike zone is a factor in terms of it's it's you know it's the higher pitch called a strike. Uh, below the knees is called a strike. Um, you know, so there's going to be just more strikeouts in general. I would guess that there's a, I would guess that the strikeout rate when batting averages high, uh, were higher was probably a little smaller. I, th I would guess that's one factor. Um, I, I, other than that, I, 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 I don't know enough about it uh, to, to speak on whether or not batting averages are going to are going to tick up possibly last question i got for you i was just watching you do your your routine pregame. you're very focused you got a lot of things going on before the game do you ever take a second when you come to a place like this to be like ted williams hit here like this happened there like historically when you do play in historical ballparks yeah for, momentarily but i try to not get too distracted I, I'm, I'm in the, I'm on, uh, you know, on, I, I'm not, I'm rehabbing right now. I'm not terribly far off from returning to play, but I, most times when I'm preparing for a game, I'm in the performance of that night. You know, I have to be ready, you know, for, uh, you know, I imagine there's probably uh, ballet dancers that, you know, travel the world and, and go to an iconic place, uh, like iconic locations. 
and um, think about all the you know all-time great dancers that preceded them. And they they're like, no, no, I got to prepare for this particular night nice show, sort of thing. So you don't get a lot of ballet dancer references in baseball <laughs> no. interviews, huh? Yeah. So uh, no, most most of the time I'm thinking about the game that night and how do I how do I take advantage of that nice ballpark. Awesome. Joey Votto, thank you so much for taking the time. Very much appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you, Joey Votto, for taking the time. Uh, again, if you're listening to this now, uh, Dallas still hasn't heard it, but so I'm going to tell you because the listeners have heard the interview. Okay. Um, I asked him because, you know, he's this, he was talking a lot of like Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, like Mickey Mantle. Uh, I, yeah, old school baseball fan. So I was like, how important is it to you to play your entire career with the same team? And he said something along the lines of, uh, well, I'm not retired, so I haven't played my whole career with the same team yet. He's leaving. So what are they going to do? They're going to, I mean, Rizzo's going to play first, but. I like how where does oh uh, I don't know damn he's going to the Bronx I mean uh, that, that's why I asked that question the way I did I don't know where where does Joe where does Joey Votto want to end up I don't know I don't yeah, know that's yeah, a, that yeah, a very yeah. interesting answer yes putting very putting aside what Joey Votto wants what do we want would you rather see Joey Votto play his entire career with one team or would you rather and and what that could mean after the after he's retired and all of that, or would you rather see him latch on to a legitimate contender type team and maybe get some high profile moments in the postseason? I I I'll be honest, I don't know that Joey Votto winning a World Series MVP does anything more for me and my appreciation for Joey Votto. And it's weird to think that 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 can happen for a player. Because he's a fucking stud. Like there's zero to take away from Joey Votto here. Zero. I'm just saying. I think it's my appreciation for his commitment to the craft, his dedication to passing the game and the science along to other players, and the the idea that he knows how important that is. That I think is what made me fall in love with Joey Votto at a very early stage in his career. On top of some of the other crazy shit, like it took him twelve years to ever hit a fucking foul ball to the, you know, in the stands, <laughs> the first baseline, just just random little shit like that. Um, I, I think is what really got me to be a a Vado guy early. So I wouldn't need to see him, you know, go on this great historic October run or even just latch on because at that point, it's like okay, you know, he's a role player in a championship team. I don't know that that heightens my Joey Votto love anymore just because of that. Like, I, I love the dude, want him in the hall, blah, 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 blah. I, I, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm different than, than you guys in that regard. Like, does a, does a Votto fucking World Series run, like, now push you over the edge? You're like, all right, I was on the fence, but I'm no, in line at the I don't grocery store. That. There's a Votto it's, poster. I'm it's not it. about It's not about having more respect or appreciation for him. It's more just like itching a scratch. It's like, oh, I want yeah. I want to see him in that spot. Yeah, like it's if he ends his career with the Reds, it will have I'm, and I'm ballparking this, but it will have been something like a decade since the last time we saw Joey Votto in a high profile playoff game or playoff potential game or whatever. And it's it has it, it, Jared's right. It, for me, it has nothing to do with pushing me over the edge. It's would I rather see him like fetid 
as a Cincinnati Red uh, in his final march around the around the league, or would I rather see him? We'll just say the Bronx because that's what it was brought up before. Would I rather see him go to the Bronx and like compete for the AL East and maybe get to the postseason and have some big moments where like Joey Votto is doing his thing where he's spitting on pitches, you know, a, a hair's width outside of the strike zone, drawing big walks, hitting, getting a big. I don't know. I just like we're gonna have gone the last ten years of his career and. We're gonna be like, what was that? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. No, you're, 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 you're right. And it's I, just, I just about a capper, I guess, That's all. Yeah, the 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 romance in me says I don't want that farewell tour to happen in another team's color, because he's not going to be. It's it's not going to be felt and revered in his room in his clubhouse. Let's say they go to Detroit, right? And he's given whatever he's given, or they acknowledge him, however they choose to do so, and then the game's getting ready to start. Those quick little handshakes and hugs with the guys in between, you watching the video board and then going out on the field or taking your at-bat or whatever right before the game starts, those little acknowledgments, those are those are a team's way of having a slow but consistent sort of goodbye and appreciation for a guy, right? And that falls on deaf ears if Joey Votto is now wearing a San Diego Padres uniform. Like he's just not, it doesn't feel the same because he's receiving all that love and then he looks around to share that moment with someone who's familiar and there's nobody there. They would still, they would have a parade for him in Cincinnati, I think. Well, I would fucking hope so. That's what happened with, uh, with Ray Bork. Like Ray Bork played his entire career in Boston, didn't win a Stanley Cup. They trade him to the Avalanche in his last year. He wins a Stanley Cup of Colorado and then we were so fucking... Uh, starved for a parade that they threw a parade just for Ray Bork. <laughs> well, we used to be pathetic. <laughs> yeah, Bostonians. Yeah, like I mean, a little bitter, a little bitter. We Dude, haven't they, won they, the fucking badminton championship yet. No fucking parade. Come on. They literally threw a parade for the 1986 World Series team that lost. <laughs> they did. Like it, it used Sorry. to be p- poor, pathetic shit around here. Um. Anyways, uh, hit it out of the park this baseball season with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite teams, players, and rivalries all season long. This week, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your stepped-up same-game parlay by combining three or more bets from any big league game. Boost your baseball winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, what do we have for our baseball is dead parlay? 
I have. Well, can we talk about the last parlay? Because we didn't fucking bring that shit up. <laughs> oh, did you hit? No one we else. We just did? totally just ignored that. Yeah, you know exactly what happened, motherfucker. <laughs> I fucking hit. Oh, oh, you're still here, Joe? You're still here? Oh, good to see you show back up. I guess you're probably waiting until after the third game to chime in, huh? Yeah. You fucking soft bitch. That's true. I mean, Dude, I showed I, I showed all the love to the A's. Who else hit? Was I it showed just more love you? Just your leg hit? Just me. Just me. I mean, you were fucking due. That was your first time you ever hit. I mean, how many have we done? Three? Yeah. So that's not that much of an indictment. I'm one for three. 33% is an F. Could be worse, man. Mm-hmm. Could be worse. You're two for fucking three. I'm two for three. Where are you? I'm two I'm for three. I'm the only guy one for three. I'm two for Doubt three. It. Jay Hayes, two for three. Dallas, I don't know. One for Dallas three? is one for three. Yeah. yeah. No, two for three because I would have put in a winner. Just I didn't. I wasn't there. Mm. Uh, No, you were there. Right. Right. Yeah, you no. were there. Are you sure? I you were there. So. That's a good point, Dallas, because we were supposed what, to do one on Monday. Hey, we didn't do one, down, and I got loser. a... <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. I'm an A's guy. I'm the guy who said they were going to win over the weekend, and they fucking did. Long weekend. Got it over the Braves. We don't have to talk about that. They were hey, jet lagged. Doesn't matter. I just, no they were jet lagged. I cannot wait. I, I mean, if the baseball gods have any sense of humor at all... Mm-hmm. The Braves lose the division by two and a half games, and, <laughs> and and I'll fucking throw a parade. I'll call Ray Bork, and we're gonna fucking <laughs> roll into Boston and throw a parade for the A's for keeping the Braves out of that division. Wow, contention. That's that's right. What's where's this deep rooted hate for the Braves coming from, Dallas? It's it's not deep rooted hate. Look, I'm telling you right now, when you've won, <laughs> when you've won twelve baseball games, yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's June. Right? Yeah. You get a little riled up. You get a, <laughs> you get a little fired up. All right. Things have not gone the way we would have liked them to go here early in Oakland. That's yeah. all. This is just a pure, raw, natural reaction. That's fair. That's fair that you uh you know, you're you're unwell. You're unwell I, so yeah. much so that you uh you're just going at people on Twitter now, Dallas. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big look, look, I'm fucking what are you talking about? I'm just saying there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of tweet beefs in the uh, baseball is dead universe over the last call it two weeks or so. And it seemed like you had stayed out of it until till last night. I feel like you 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 did not stay no. out of it. Yeah, I, I. I don't think I could stay out of it last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the problem is I don't think I was I, I was he's, I was he's the Madison Bumgarner of baseball broadcasting. He's like, listen, I would have loved to have stayed out of it. Didn't have a choice. I had to do it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I saw. Yeah, I saw a very. I saw just I, I saw a video, a disparaging and, tweet. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm fucking I'm not. I'm not just going to stand for that because <laughs> and, and and this is this is the thing. So for those who obviously sure. Uh, Jared's friend, Ben Verlander. <clears throat> I do like out, Ben. Tweeted out uh, a video that he got from somebody else. And Whoa. What's that? Are you trying to say that he's stealing? Con- I don't think he's stealing. Con- he's, it's called aggregating. Oh, no, no. Aggregating. No, I just, yeah, I, I, no, I just meant that it was okay. not his personal he was not video. In, he was not in the ballpark. He was not there. Yeah, that's that. Yes, I'm not. No, I, bro, I fucking, yeah, I could care less where he got the video. I don't right. give a shit about that. Okay. Um, so yeah, his his tweet was a video of a fan who had 
jumped the fence at the Coliseum uh, down the left field line, third baseline, or yeah, third baseline, whatever, and ran onto the field and he hit second base, he hit first base, he hit home plate, and then he ran back <laughs> to where he came from uh-huh. unaccosted, right? Mm-hmm. And the tweet was, this Oakland A's fan route, ran out onto the field before <clears throat> before the game in Oakland, went all the way around the bases and capitalized. Nobody cared. <laughs> Crying face emoji. Okay. Okay. Now, some of the reactions I got from that, I could understand if I wasn't somebody who didn't realize and didn't know that Jared's friend has at times been vocal about what's going on in Oakland regarding the fan base and the ballpark situation mm-hmm. and the feelings towards ownership, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. The difference is I'm well aware of all of that, especially as the A's broadcaster slash former Oakland A's player, fairly aware of all that, fairly aware I just can't publicly say shit for reasons I would like to think an eighth grader could wrap their head around. Uh, But I don't think we're there. Not on the internet anyway. So I saw that and just thought to myself, no, 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 no. You're not going to get to beat the drum for the fans and then at the same time fire arrows at the organization like they just don't give a shit. Because what you're saying is the security guards don't give a shit. Well, it's not true. They're just not in any physical shape. To be doing anything about what just happened? What so are we going to have them the do? conditioning is the problem. What are you going to have them do? Right. And the idea that nobody cared. Who are you implying? Mm. Who is nobody? You're, you are, would you have a fan jump the fence and tackle the other fan? Mm-hmm. Are you saying it's the fans that don't care? I know you're not saying that. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because I've heard all the other stuff you've said or it's been brought to my attention. Right. The pandering you're doing to the fan base. So who's who's nobody then? Who who is nobody? Who's nobody cares? Who would you have show that they care in that moment if nobody cares? Who was supposed to do something? We uh, already cleared. I, I think the, the bad guards? look. The bad look is that uh, yes, there's there's no security there. There should be because I I've definitely seen security stand there after a game is over until all the fans leave. No security really did anything. You can kind of see some cops at the end, like casually walk up to him and like make sure that he he jumps back into the stands. Uh, mm-hmm. The grounds crew, that's watch not, the fucking watch the video. The grounds crew, the one grounds crew, fucking, it's, it's not their job to tackle a guy running on the field. I think what's no. funny is that they pretend like he's not even there. Like it's not even no, the, well, like they're like, what the hell's going on? We need to fix it. Watch the like, video. They, they watch literally the just end of the video. Raking the dirt. Watch the watch the end of the video. One guy with the vacuum tries to trip him, and then at the guy, very end, guy, guy raking at home plate. I mean, he deserves a raise. He just does not break stride. He is absolutely <laughs> oh, no, not at all, not at all. But you watch the video, and he the uh, the guy on the field that's vacuuming. Yeah, right. They vacuum up dirt and seeds, and all. he tries to trip the guy with his with, with his the hose. hose with the vacuum. Yeah, yeah. I did see and that. And then yeah. another guy with the rake at the very end, like by third base, mm-hmm. just pushes him. Right. Yeah. And you got to understand they're under directives. Like what happens if they tackle that guy and he gets hurt? Right. They're not security. Right. They're not security. So they could have legal action taken against them as the grounds crew for tackling homeboy. Right. So it's not that they don't care. 
It's not that nobody cares. There were security guards there. And like I told you, and I've laughed and joked about this with each and every one of our security guards, because I'm friends with all these folks. And I tell them, what would you guys do if my grandmother wanted to run on the field? Who out of you is stopping her? Who out of you is catching her? Right. And we have a great laugh about it. So it just, at, at that moment in time, I was just like, dude, you're, first of all, you're wrong because it's not before the game. And that's part of the joke you're trying to make here, right? You're trying to be tongue in cheek. Oh, before you're fucking wrong. That's wrong. You look like an idiot because you're wrong. That's where I was coming from in that moment. Like, just yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. And now you got other people piling on. Oh, before the game. Like, you're just idiots. Just say, just say you hate Ben. I mean, that's really what this boils down to is that you no, have no, a personal just, grudge I, against I, Ben. I had had enough of that. Like yeah, you're trying to play both sides of the fence. You're trying to stick up for the, for the fans. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, trying to run your mouth because you think it's going to be a cool joke. That's going to get you clicks. Yeah. Well, buddy, you're fucking wrong. That's why that's I because- didn't, I took the high road there. I didn't say shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I no, did. I saw that. I saw that you didn't say anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My tweet. This is this <laughs> was my I saw tweet. that you didn't see the joke. Right. Oh, I, I, is- I'm sure there's a joke in here. Yeah. This is what I said. <laughs> I said, there's a joke in here about the A's not spending on their roster, so why would they spend on their security? But A's fans have suffered enough, and I don't care to make the joke. So I I didn't go there. Yeah, I did not no, go there. Yeah, like it, there, the security is there. This isn't about not being able to afford security. The security is there. I am laughing with you as we think about anybody mm-hmm. in any sort of security position doing something. Yeah, I just yeah, that was probably like the tenth most illegal thing that happened at that game in the crowd of fans. So they Fact. probably were occupied doing other shit. Fact, Joe. Fact. This conversation prompted me to go to Ben Verlander's page, mm-hmm. and I just have to say I don't have anything to add to the actual conversation we just did. But there's a clip where he's talking about obviously Shohei Otani, and uh, he's wearing a hat backwards. And I just want to say that Ben Verlander is both too old and too corny to be doing the backwards hat look at this stage. <laughs> Drop it. Is there it's so it makes me it makes my skin crawl. Hey, trust I, I uh, there was there was some things that I was ready to really fucking fire off on, but I'm uh, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm a better person. I tried. We got the seat. We're we're not even to June, man. Give it time. We got a long season. We the got a long is, season. Well, there's, yeah. that's not that's not to say that these juices aren't going to get boiled up again. You know, <laughs> we we've won two baseball games in a row. I'm feeling really fucking good about myself. Like this is yeah, this has bought me at least July. You know what I mean? At least to July. Yeah, if the A's win ten in a row, Dallas is going to reach new levels. I mean, it's turned into the A's are fighting back. No more A's jokes, guys. We're on fire, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. And Dallas is at the front of it. Uh, Don't talk shit about the A's anymore. <laughs> yeah. He will tweet at you, talk shit to you while calling the game, in the middle of the game, broadcasting, and beefing with Ben Verlander in the booth. And my producers are like, hey, are you, are you tweeting? Did you tweet something? I was like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm tired of the bullshit. I'm tired of this. <laughs> I'm tired of the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. Listen, I'm team Dallas all the way. When you went, unlike you, when you get in tweet beefs, I actually take your side unconditionally. Whereas like 
you look for any reason true. to take the that's... opposite side anytime I get into a fight. I take on the world by myself. I don't think I've ever had an ally in one of my fights. Dallas, is, Dallas is, anytime I get into a beef, Dallas is like, be I, Dallas will be like, listen, if you go high, I'll go low. Let's let's take this motherfucker out every single time, every time. But listen, Dallas, it's it's uh, it. I don't operate that way. You, you're my teammate. You're my partner. Um, you, if you need me to take out Ben, you let me know. I'm there. I don't even I don't even who, whose car are we taking. I don't even ask why. <laughs> I don't even ask why. Just just to be clear, take out means like unplug his podcast setup, right? We're not talking. Nobody. The police don't need to get involved here. Well, I mean, like I just want all the listeners you know, to know that I'll, yeah. I'll bite his motherfucking ankles right now. You tell me. <laughs> I'm a dog. <laughs> D.A.W.G. in you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just honestly, I'm, I'm just happy that someone else got into a Twitter spat because it's usually just me. And it's usually me minding my fucking business. Dallas, yeah, Dallas went after Ben. I'm usually just fucking sitting here. La di da di da. Next thing you know, I got fucking Matt Strom and Caleb Borden and fucking all these whiny ass pussies coming at me. Crazy. Yeah, y'all, you were just you were just at the church holding a vigil for Caleb Borden. <laughs> and the next thing you know, <laughs> folks got a problem with Jared. That's Caleb Borden gave up a know. moon bomb last night. Walk off bomb. To uh, Ellie De La Cruz. Did you see that? Oh, no. A couple good prospects. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ellie De La Cruz. Walk off tank last night. Shit on 98 from Caleb Ort. Uh, I think he's closing games for the Woo Sox. Um, but Ellie goes out there, hits the walk off tank. I got some numbers for you because I don't listen. I don't know. I don't have any information on this. I don't know when he's going to get called up, but I talked to some Reds fans like we're hoping this weekend. That's not a report. That's not sources. That's not news. But the hope is that Friday would be when Ellie gets the call. Um, But the updated numbers as of last night after that walk off shit bomb off of Caleb Hort. He's sixth in triple A in OPS 1061. He's fourth in slugging 659. He's second in exit velocity, 92.9, and he's first in fly ball distance, 352.2. The dude just fucking wallops baseballs. Can I add something to that, too? Because Please. this isn't just a guy who wallops baseballs, although he does a ton of that as well. This is all of the tools. This is all of them. He's played 154 minor league games since the start of 22. So basically, a full season's worth of games. Over that stretch, he has 39 homers and 58 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. This is a middle infielder. Yeah. He's also, his OPS is 1230 with 10 homers and nine stolen bases since May 3rd. Pretty good. Insane. Pretty good. He has, he has and graduated from height, AAA. Right? Yeah, he's six five. I think he might be. I don't. Is he six seven? I thought he was. I thought he was right up there. He is six five. Oh, okay. Um, weird that I know that he is six five. He's a switch hitter, so he's O'Neill Cruz from both sides. <laughs> it's crazy, and he has has clearly outgrown AAA. Like he beat the game. It's time to come up. 
And it would make a lot of sense if they did the debut at home. The Reds need to sell some tickets. Uh, hopefully it's this weekend. If it's not this weekend, it's got to be soon. Because what else do you need to see? What else do you need to see from this guy? Uh, I Selfishly, I wish that he was already called up because the Red Sox are playing the Reds right now. A lot of Reds talk. We got fucking Joey Votto. We got Ellie. God damn. You know what else They're we got, fire, Dallas? Man. What? <clears throat> talk to me. <laughs> we got some we got some audio I feel like the uh, the foul territory guys are just <laughs> that's the place to go if you want to talk shit about someone and go viral <laughs> like every fucking week we're playing audio from this podcast where it's like you've got a former player just talking shit about someone and it makes headlines good for them I don't know what they're putting in the water over there to get players to be like honestly I I've been sitting on this story for 17 years, but fuck this guy. <laughs> That's the, every fucking episode. They get someone on that. It'll be like an active guy, a retired guy. Like they had, uh, uh, what was it? The, was it, was that the podcast that had Lance Lynn on when he was talking about, like, I would have drilled Aaron judge for that. I'm pretty sure it was that podcast, but good for them. That, that takes, that takes skill. That is a certain skill to make guys comfortable enough to put themselves in a shitstorm that they immediately regret the second that that episode comes out. Immediately. I mean, they're, they're, that business model, let's just say, is not sustainable. If you become the podcast that players go on that say things that ultimately they go on to regret and never want to be in front of a microphone ever again, that has a shelf life. Like, you know, get the good yeah. shit now because guys are going to be like, you know, I want to go on. But like, isn't that the podcast that gets everyone fucking mad at you when you ultimately get too comfortable and say some shit? But this clip I knew would resonate with my good friend who I blindly defend no matter what he does or no matter what he says. My friend Dallas Braden, I knew that he would would love this clip. This is Doug Minkiewicz. Minkiewicz. Um, Doug McCavich on foul territory. Like if it's a baseball study, if we're doing stuff for Westminster, our high school, yeah, if he's not sleeping at the table, like Mike, like we honored Mike, our coach for his <laughs> three millionth for win. For context, for context, I, I, I should have said it. Doug McCavich is talking about Alex Rodriguez, uh, former oh. Yankees player, Texas Rangers, Seattle Mariners. Okay. Yeah. Also, former high school teammate of Doug McCavich. And there he is in his Timberwolf shirt sleeping in a chair and it's like come on man like you know i, I just i always said that he's gonna die a lonely man <laughs> you know what this whole like you know father of the year stuff god bless him for his daughters because it's gonna come a long way but uh it's like you're just trying to get into heaven now like I, I, and that's the part like i'm still friends with my high school team we still text often not as often as we should but we still text group thread constantly bad badgering each other and it's just, you know, he's just distanced from it. And that's, I don't care how good or how great you become and how far your career goes. You all, you never forget your high school dudes. Like that's just like your high school and your college teammates are, are, are like they're brothers till the end. And we still talk and we still, we still shoot the shit, but like, you know, he's just nowhere to be found. Even when we do high school stuff for our coach, it's like, he's just, you know, like I said, he's, I have a picture of him sleeping at the table <laughs> in his Timberwolf shirt. I'm like, are you serious? Like, go Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from the clouds. Mm -hmm. 
damn. And I mean, I'm going to look, dude, to put the family unit in the crosshairs, too. I mean, yeah. he didn't really put him in the crosshairs. He really put A-Rod in the crosshairs with the whole, but like, damn, like the whole dad of the year thing. Bro, you're just trying to get into heaven. That, <laughs> I mean, can the guy not try to be a good father? Like, is that against the law, too? <laughs> It's too late. It's too late for Minkavich. It's too late yeah. for Minkavich for A-Rod to be a good father to him. Yeah. That's what we're like, I, I believe in I will even draw the line and letting the man be a be a try to be a decent father. Can we not let the guy be a good dad? Yeah, this this fucking shithead, he's just, you know, he's just trying to fake out God. He's going around acting like he's a good dad, and you know, like Jesus isn't falling for this. Oh, shit. I, I'll always have a special place in my heart for Doug Minkavich because his his last I, tweet is from March of 2017, and all it says is Pete Abraham is a fucking clown. And that, that's the Boston writer that I, I've hated probably since around that time. Maybe he was on my side. That's, that makes sense. Um, oh, my God. That, yeah, I just mean, let was, it rip. Was this, this just unsolicited? Like, like hey, what are your I, thoughts th- on I think this? they asked him what his favorite movie was, and that's what he said. <laughs> my favorite movie. You know, now that I've thought about this, I'd like to tell you a story about, <laughs> about A-Rod. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, A-Rod's going to hell, by the way. But yeah, uh, <laughs> A-Rod's Top Gun. To <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe, what does A-Rod trying to be a quality father to his family and his children, what does that do for you now? Because I know you're a big A-Rod guy. You love the fact that he hates every everybody and everything. Um Mm-hmm. Now you're getting a glimpse, you know, could be a decent dude after all. How do you how do you feel about that? Well, when you're retired, I think you got a little extra time. You can try to do a little family stuff. Um, right. If you're trying to be a good owner, I would distance myself from my family personally <laughs> and from your high school teammates. I think that probably goes first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not to be pro A-Rod, but I'm not going to kill him for not... Being in the high school Dude. group chat when you own the Timberwolves, but hey. You, you know what's crazy, though, about that, about what McCabe said about the high school stuff? So I just had a, I mean, it all, like I was telling the story to my buddy who saw this happen, and he was like, you know that guy? We're at the Mariners game. After the game, there's a dude who looks just like me, fairly unkept, Like, you know, you're clutching your purse, maybe crossing the street if he's walking at you. And he's yelling at me. He's like, Dow, Dow, like mildly incoherent at times. Dow. (laughs) And I'm looking out like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't have anybody here in Seattle that I've brought to the game. What the hell is going on? And I walk out of the press box, go to get in the elevator. And this guy is standing there and I lock eyes with him. And like, like 10 seconds, I'm just staring at him and he's just staring at me. And I realize who this is. This is the best player, the best hitter on our high school baseball team. His name is Shea Blair. Awesome dude. But I haven't seen that guy in, I don't know how long. And here he is standing in front of me at the fucking Seattle Mariners game in the press box hallway right before we get on the elevator and like the conversation picked up like we were out in the outfield together just before the game starts and you never you just don't you don't forget that kind of shit man like those those folks have a place in your heart and I talk to a ton 
of other guys from my high school baseball team. He just happened to be off the grid up here in Seattle. So I haven't seen the guy in God knows how long. And then you come across him and you pick that up right where, right where you left off. And to the college teammate points, same thing. I'm in a group chat, just like Dougie is with college teammates. And you just don't lose sight of that stuff. It means it's stuff that you hold close to your heart. I will say this on the flip side of that. When you play 20 years in the major leagues and you are a part of the game's lore to the level that Alex is, I can understand if the first place you gravitate towards isn't your high school team. I, I get that. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex has met a lot of people in his life. I'm sure, sure that there are several groups that would love to claim him. I mean, maybe not. I know. Maybe not. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> but there, I'm sure that there are plenty of groups that he belonged to over his life where they're like, oh, man, like, you know, all of us, me, Billy and Chuck, we all keep in touch with each other. But Alex, no, we never hear from him. Mm. It's like, well, you know, he's there's one. He's Let me tell you something. Group. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> I was going to say there's there's one there's one in particular who's going to be claiming him, and he goes by Satan. Oh, <laughs> he's going to be pulling him down to the fiery depths in a handbasket. Shots fired. He's going to hell. <laughs> I didn't say it. Minkavich said. It. Awesome. Alex Rodriguez <laughs> going to hell. Breaking news. He ain't making it to the, to the perfect you, you thought that 10-year deal in Texas was a mountain mover. Well, it's a lifetime deal with El Diablo. <laughs> yeah, you thought it was hot in Dallas. Wait till you get to hell. <laughs> All steroid users go to hell, unfortunately. Jesus. I hope not. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, that was uh, <laughs> that was quite that the conversation. Was, that's Doug McCavage. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, fiery hot flames, let's talk about Omaha Steaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love my dad. He actually just called me. Uh, right before I came on, he was, uh, I could tell you can just hear in the background. He was just puffing on his cigar. You could hear the birds chirping in the back. He just loves watching birds. This is thing cigars and bird watching <laughs> guys just living the dream in his retired life. The only thing that would have made that experience better is some Omaha steaks, which by the way, shout out to Omaha steaks. They, they did send me a nice little care package, which I immediately brought to my parents' house. I was like, Hey dad, here's a, uh, Here's a little bundle of joy that's going to make your entire week. Um, so with Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Well, Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected packages. Head on over to omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code DEAD, D-E-A-D, at checkout and get $30 off your qualifying order. Packages uh, can include a uh, fork tender, Bacon-wrapped filet mignons or other gourmet grillables like the air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, burgers, jumbo franks, and many more favorites. Don't forget to save room for dessert. 
Most gift packages come with four delicious uh, caramel, 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 apple tartlets. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Also, check out the other hand-selected packages that are guaranteed to make Dad's Day. Because if there's one thing that we know, it's a Dad's Want Steak. Whether he's your father, father-in-law, father figure, he's a guy who is always ready to step up when you needed him the most. What about stepdad? Shout out to the stepdads out there. We need love too. Bonus this fa- dads. This Father's Day, <clears throat> show him the love with the only gift that's as unforgettable as he is. The mouth-watering perfection of Omaha Steaks. From perfectly aged, oh-so-tender steaks to hand-selected gift packages, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to give dad what he really wants. Order today and get $30 off with the promo code DEAD, D-E-A-D, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Minimum order may be required. See the site for details. Shout out to Omaha Steaks. Fire flames. Just like A-Rod's future in hell. <clears throat> according to Doug Mankiewicz, we have to say. Right. That's, For that's, legal reasons, that's according to Doug Mankiewicz. So. Um, the, there's a home run race of Bruin. And it's between the two kings of New York, Aaron Judge and Pedro Alonso. Right now, Pedro Alonso leading the big leagues with 20 bombs. And Aaron Judge leads the American League with 18 homers. I did did some quick math here. It's May 31st, and Aaron Judge is on pace to hit 63 home runs, which would be one more home run than last year. Since the start of last season, he's hit 80 home runs. The next closest, obviously, Pete Alonso with 60. So to factor that in, Pete Alonso has had to lead the big leagues in home runs this year just to keep the deficit to 20. Now, Aaron Judge did miss those 10 games with the hip injury. Um, so that makes it even more impressive, really. Like he's he was on the injured list and he's still two back of Pete Alonso. Um, I thought when we had the conversation before the season, I think we were all kind of on the same page that whatever it was, 44 and a half homers for judge felt a little low. Uh, But I admittedly, even as the biggest Aaron judge fan going, even I wouldn't have sat there and told you, yeah, he's going to, he's going to go for 60 plus again. And I think at this point with tomorrow being June 1st and it's still on the table, are we going to sit here and acknowledge that we could see not one, but two for the first time since Sosa McGuire, we could see two guys going for 60 again. Is that possible? Mm. Both guys. So who do you think is going to fall off Alonzo? I mean, Alonzo has what a 54 Homer season, his rookie year. He hit 40 last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be different the, if it was judge and like, Cedric Look, Mullins, like someone that sure. you wouldn't expect to have 20 home runs right now. I'd be like, yeah, all right. Like I, I can see Judge going the distance. But since since Pedro Alonso came into the league in 2019, he's out homered the entire big leagues. So you have a sure. guy that's already hit 60 versus a guy who's out homered the league since he debuted. Like, I think I mean, this these are the if 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 it were to happen, these are the two guys that it would happen with. 
All right. Well, here's my here's my thought on this, and I all we all know how many pitchers Joe defaced during the streak, right? 56 game hitting streak. He faced 54 total pitchers. All right. That did you just say we all knew that? Who the fuck here knew that? No one. <laughs> you guys didn't know that? No. What the fuck? No. I like that was something you would um, we all know Joe DiMaggio's <laughs> mother's maiden name. That being said, go I'll ahead. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Those are guys in two lineups who will probably be knocking on the door of bonus baseball come October. So, my only concern for their for their continued streak, their continued run is how they start to get pitched as we get deeper into the season and it becomes more and more pivotal to win these games for the teams that they are facing at the moment when they realize where their playoff mortality lies and you're facing Pete Alonzo over the weekend and you're probably telling everybody that's going to throw a baseball for you, we we don't want to let this fucking guy beat us, okay? How did that work so out much- last year for Judge, though? They well, still hey, pitched to him? It's easy. Well, that's that's why I'm saying if you're talking about both of these guys, like just the odds of two dudes doing that, that that is where you know what I mean. That that's where I'm coming from in this initial. Eh, I don't know about two guys because now you're asking two guys to capitalize on moments like that over the course of a month and a half, two months, and I liken that to asking a bullpen to perform for 12 outs at a time. Like you have to, you have to have three, four guys on point over the course of a night to have a successful bullpen outing like that for, for that to work. So you're going to have to have two of these guys on point over a month and a half of where they're probably going to be pitched a little differently than they would say at the early portion of the season. And if that becomes the case, that is one of the reasons why I would not see both guys making that push just because we're now needing two of these guys to be just unconscious in the most pivotal time of the season. Not saying it can't happen. Just saying that's why No, you said it can't happen. You said it can't happen. Joe, do you think that there's a chance Pete Alonzo and Aaron judge at the end of the season, both have 60 plus homer? Well, tell me this. Would you say where Alonzo is right now? He's, Done better than you expected or outperformed what you'd expect, Pete Alonso, one, two months into the season? I would say he's reminding us of what he's capable of. Like, I feel like because of last year and the Yankees being the bigger team than the Mets, like everyone just focuses on Judge, but people forget since Alonso's been in the league, no one has hit more home runs than him. Like, he is a home run guy. He's hitting, what, fucking 238 right now? It's not like he's tearing the cover off the ball and he's just performing at this unsustainable level. Like, the power is sustainable. If he were hitting 330 or something, I'm like, yeah, like, that's definitely going to come down. Like, he's not a 330 hitter. But it's almost that he hasn't, like, he's got the 20 homers, but I think that he's underperformed because he's not a 230 hitter either. So yeah, I think uh yeah, I think I think that it's something where um some people are surprised, I'm not, but I feel like if you are surprised, you shouldn't be. Mhm. Well, if he's been... underperforming, then he's definitely going to be there. 
He's at he's they're both on pace for 59 home runs right now. Right. I mean, they've each hit 20 plus homers through a third of the season. And if we're just doing super basic napkin math, that has them at roughly 60 homers at the end of the year. So to Joey's point, Mm -hmm. if you think Pete Alonso right now might be outperforming projections, then you probably don't see Pete Alonso at the end of the year with 60. He will still definitely have more than Roger Maris Jr., but he's he <laughs> might not have 60. Zips has Alonzo hitting 28 more home runs this year and finishing with 48 homers. Uh, that same projection system has Judge hitting 30 home runs over the remainder of the season and finishing with 48 home runs. Um, so they actually have uh, Zips has them tied at the end of the year with 48. Those are usually a little bit conservative, but I do think that speaks to because the other thing is, is that one injury wipes away the chance, right? Yep. So ju- Judge mm-hmm. gets injured again, misses two or three weeks, 60 home runs is gone. Alonzo gets injured, misses two or three weeks, 60 home runs is gone. Um, I, I'm i torn. I like I feel like I like Judge's chances better just because he's a much, much better hitter overall, a much better baseball player. But he's also more likely to take the walk than Pete Alonzo is. Um, so I like go back and forth on who is more likely to actually get to 60. Um, but I would take Judge. He, he's done it. He's the only of one of the two who has actually done it. So mm-hmm. I would. Uh, yeah. And I the, would only, go with him. the only the only counter to that, Jay Hay, would be for Pete Alonzo if and this is just kind of cherry picking the stat that Jared highlighted, which was he's not a two thirty eight hitter. OK, well, what's what's he for his career? Two fifty two sixty hitter. So yeah, that's, that's about what I would have guessed. That, does the balls that he runs into. Do, do those become homers if he's hitting at a 250 clip, 260 clip? I just don't know if it's still enough to put him over the wall. And are we are we are we leaving out Christopher Morrell right now? Because right now he's on pace for 63. <laughs> do you have uh do you have on on pace notes today, Joe? Yeah, I got a good one. I think, okay. I think what you is just it? got it. Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> what is it, Joe? No, 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 no. That was a little bonus okay. for you guys. All right. Cool. But we can do an update on the last one because if we want to follow the Zach Neto hit by pitch sweepstakes, which everyone's uh, tapping into right now. Everyone's like, everyone wants to know if he could beat. On pace for. <laughs> everyone wants to know if he could beat the all-time record. And actually, funny enough, since last time we did this, which was one week ago. He's been hit two more fucking times. So now he's on pace to get 35. So he's on pace to get 35 more times. That's not even close to the record, which is 51. But that was an 1800. So like, no, doesn't count. What's the what's the modern record? I would say modern to me. Modern is 1995 and and up. So (laughs) modern record is 34. Craig Biggio. <laughs> but okay. if you want me to be serious, in, ni- in 1971, someone had 50. Rod Hunt. Oh, 50. Yeah, they were which hunting is a Rod. Shit ton. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, first of all, let's just give a moment to shout out Huey Jennings, who got hit by 46 pitches <laughs> twice and then got hit by 51 <laughs> pitches another season. The Huey Jennings? <laughs> Huey well, Jennings. Huey was getting the news. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, that was back when fastballs were like seventy three, though. So he That's, he probably was leaning into him. Yeah, that 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 Huey oh, yeah. news joke is going to land with three of our listeners. 
I I got it. Okay. Good. Good. You're the only one. Well, I thought I would have Jay there. No. Thought I would have had Jay here there. Well, either way, Zach Neto is well on the pace to break his record all-time career hit by pitches, and he's going to on pace to break it by the time he's 30. So we're still on that pace. But the real the real on-pace stat that everyone wants to know is, do we have the worst division in baseball history on our hands in the AL Central right now? It's so because bad. right now, they are on pace to be the worst of all time. What's guys, the context? Guys, where, where, right now, where, would the, where would the eight... Where would the A's be if they're in the central? Ready to go. Uh, listen. <laughs> Last. Listen. Stop. Listen. They wouldn't. It's more Stop. how many games out would they Stop. be? How many games back of last place would they be is the question. <clears throat> yeah, it would be tight. They'd be in last still. I'm doing the metrics right now. They would be a last place <laughs> I'm team. I'm doing the metrics. They would. <laughs> yeah, they they, would uh, let's see. I'm going to say the A's. Oh, that's we, not we, even that bad. They would be five and a half back of last place. Oh, see? <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah. A's are in the central. This whole thing was completely different. I'll hey, Vegas, Vegas marginally closer to the central part of the United States. So, <laughs> Yeah, you should campaign to have the Las Vegas A's be in the, the AL central. <laughs> I have I have absolutely no idea what's going on with that at this point. Like the last the last two weeks, we get a half as no idea. They should move the A's to Saugus. Move the A's to Saugus. The Saugus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the the Kansas City Royals owe the biggest thank you ever to the Oakland A's because if it weren't for the A's, the story would be how fucking awful the Royals are. They're they're 17 and 39. Like they have a 304 winning percentage. They are god awful. But hey, because uh, the A's have a 211 winning percentage, it's no one's talking about how shitty the Royals are. That's another team know? that's going to have conned its fan base into a five year rebuild, only to execute a second five year rebuild after that. Mm-hmm. Fucking you, you terrible. You want to know the other team that the A's took a series from this year? Who? Kansas City Royals. Oh, well, that makes that's sense because they're fucking horrific. It's a bad baseball team. And the Braves. You can pretty much put the Braves and the Royals in the same the same category. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if you're in the Oakland area and you want to see the Oakland A's chase history tonight to sweep the Atlanta Braves, you got to use the Game Time app. Because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Shout out to Game Time. I'm going to the game with my dad on Sunday. We use Game Time app to get those tickets. Probably going to be really sweet seats. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 100, 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. Uh, buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code Jared for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. 
Use the promo code Jared for $20 off. J-A-R-E-D. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Um, What was it that I wanted to hit? Oh, do you know anything about this, Dallas? I was very confused how this works. And I, I don't know that you know what the fuck is going on with the Padres broadcast. Maybe, Jay, hey, you're also smart. What's going on here? So MLB uh, is taking control of the Padres broadcast after uh, Diamond Sports fails to make a payment for the broadcasting rights. Yeah, so essentially what this is, is a entity has gone bankrupt and they have had to make moves. They've had to, you know, reassess, reevaluate, realign. And while all of that is going on, Major League Baseball, they have a responsibility to get the product out to the fans. And so with this new arrangement, what it does is it increases the audience for the San Diego Padres. And I think specifically in Padres territory, which is a huge, huge deal. Um, and as of right now, you can watch the Padres on, I believe it's like Spectrum, AT&T, Direct Cox TV, and Direct Cox, TV. Fubo, um, MLB.TV as well. So well, the other specific thing with MLB is that they're offering a single team in market package for yeah. $19.99. So mm-hmm. like if you already have MLB TV, the, the all teams thing, this that doesn't help you. But if you live in San Diego and want to watch the Padres and through MLB TV and just the Padres, you can do that. Um, and it, it'll, it won't be blacked out essentially. So, so Don Orsillo and, uh, was it Mark Grant? Yep. Uh, they are, they're still because they're employed by what Bally's. I don't even know who who it is. Is it Bally's maybe? But so yeah, they're well, still well, calling is... the games, or because they're employed by the team that didn't pay the bill, or the company that didn't pay the bill, is it different broadcasters? Well, th- this is, and like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak on any of that. But yes, the 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 primary the primary objective here is yes to keep Don Orsillo, Mark Grant, um, doing what they do, right? And mm-hmm. I think the same goes for radio as well. Like my guy TG, like he's going to be good to go. He'll be calling games still. Um, so I don't think any of that is going to change. And this doesn't like we- shutter, like the Bally's entity isn't sh- literally closing its doors right now. So that's right. the other thing to remember is like, just because the diamond sports like parent group isn't issuing the contractual payment that they like, so here's one thing. We're, we're always ragging on MLB. I, I would like to take the opportunity to say that this is on Diamond Sports Group. Okay? Like, yes. they are breaking a contract to pay Major League Baseball. I believe it is $60 million specific to the Padres agreement. So they are just saying, we are not going to do that anymore. And I'm sure yeah. that there is a legal battle in the future that MLB <laughs> will handle with Diamond Sports Group and all the teams that Diamond Sports Group is impacting with this. But in the interim, Major League Baseball is basically taking the broadcast situation under its own hood and mm-hmm. saying, OK, the Padres aren't going to get that $60 million from Diamond right now. But what we will do is make sure that it goes uninterrupted for the viewing audience as best we can. Um, and to Dallas's point, 
technically more people are able to view San Diego Padres baseball games now yes. than under the previous agreement with Bally's and Diamond Sports. So yeah, it's huge. If it's you ignore like the fact people. that yeah, if you ignore the fact that this is a pain in the ass for Major League Baseball and that people much wealthier than us are not getting the money that they are owed, this isn't a terrible thing for baseball viewing public. No, but this can does... you still watch on TV? No, unless you got those channels. So. Right, not unless you have like the the Cox or the Directv, yeah, and each, Cox, Directv, Fubo, Spectrum. Okay, and I believe it's, you have those, you can watch. Yeah, so and like, I believe uh, it's Direct unique TV. to each market too. So it's not yeah. the same set of channels or the same number of channels in each place. It's right. e- e- where Diamond Sports is impacting these teams. It's a different solution in the same idea per team. If that makes so sense. Yeah, because this guy, this has yeah. to be driving the boomers crazy. Like, how the fuck, mm-hmm. you know, you turn on the fucking channel and there's nothing on. No doubt. It is a freak out. Like, what the fuck? It's I, more of a why pain I'm not watching hey, another game again. With all the money, with all the money that the San Diego Padres have spent on on contracts, like not getting a $60 million paycheck, that could probably throw a wrinkle into some shit. Mm. It, it, we should all be prepared for the fact that this situation will be used in labor negotiations for oh, the next yeah. half decade at least. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. To the extent that oh, any yeah. listeners is, care about how those sorts of things go in the CBA, um, Diamond Sports Group is, imploding on itself will be a talking point for sure. This is muddy. This is going to be muddy. This is going to create an effort to create other avenues this is yeah. Th- th- this doesn't seem as big of a deal in the grand scheme right now because we've got baseball being played, and so that's always going to take precedent over the business side of things, especially in season. But should something like this have unfolded during the pandemic, oh, buddy, mm. oh. Wait. So, question: I'm out of market. Of course, I'm in Boston. Tonight, I want to watch the Padres game. I have the MLB extra innings package. Do I have to watch the other team's broadcast to watch the Padres? Or can I say, can I put on the Padres channel like I usually do? And well, you'll find out tonight. We will all find out tonight together. So no one knows. You have the ability to select the other options. People definitely know. No one on this podcast specifically knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Someone has that answer. I know. Yes. The answer is yes. I know it. Yes. It's either yes or no. Let's take a stab. In the air to right field. Towards the corner. It's back. It's gone. Welcome to Slam Diego. Just in case I never get to hear that again. (laughs) Which would really piss me off. Um, This might turn the Padre season around. I'm just saying it right now. But we can't talk about them until it does happen. Can't talk about that, but we can talk about it on a positive note. San Diego Padres prospect, Ethan Salas. You see this motherfucker? He's 16. He's 16 years old, and he already doubled to the gap in his first minor league plate appearance. He's playing professional baseball, doubled in his first plate appearance. He is 16. Dallas was stealing MacBooks when he was 16 from the fucking high school libraries. Dallas was huffing paint uh, outside Stockton High when he was 16. (laughs) 
crazy. We had paint. We did not have computers, but I was not hitting at the professional level in 16. I was hitting some other things like a pro at 16, but I was not. Oh, I was not. Stop. Baseballs. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's right. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. 16 years old playing professional baseball. Actually, uh, I hand up. I'll be fully transparent and accountable. I just found out about this kid maybe two months ago. I was at the barbershop. There was a dude there, not my barber, but the chair next to his. And he was like, yeah, do you hear about that prospect? He's like 16 years old and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, dude, like there, there's no 16 year old prospects. I was like, you can sign international <laughs> guys at 16, but like they're not playing in like single A, double A. Like they're not. That's just not happening. Um, lo and behold, this kid comes along. I mean, like, if you're already at 16 playing minor league baseball, w- what's the trajectory for that? If he keeps like, could he like Juan Soto made his big league debut at 19? Is that what we're talking about here? It, you're what, like, again, you're just watching ability to adjust to the speed of the game. So at 16 years old, if you can handle, which it clearly looks like he already can, can handle the speed and I mean, speed of play the velocity of the game, those are the two things that you have to pay attention to with young prospects. Is this too fast for him? Meaning he doesn't know how to adjust. Everything's flying around him. And can he handle the velocity or is he just beat up there? And if he's not beat, it's just a matter of how consistent the play comes and how quickly the consistency comes. All right. So if he's not in the big leagues by 18, he's a bust. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you you can vote. You can play in the big leagues. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Dallas, you got to go. Yeah, I got to go. We got a we got a production meeting that I just got tipped off on. Okay. do you have any uh, do you have any thoughts on Chad Pinder calling it a career spikes to the sky? I do. Uh, I talked to Chad um, before I talked to him after. And this is a guy who just remember, like, you know, I, I talked a lot about the whole Pinder Garden thing. Um, him being a part of a young group, an extremely talented group, guys, sure, more talented than he. But the type of player you want to be in this game is the type of player that other guys can lean on. Other guys have hmm. no problem coming to and asking questions. Other guys look to for leadership and just an example. And even though he was never the best player in his group or on the team at any time at the professional level, he was unequivocally the leader in the clubhouse and the dude that guys like Chappie and Oli and Mark Cannon, Marcus Simeon even would look to for that kind of direction early in their career. And you've watched those guys blossom. And for Chad Pinder, he was a guy who probably didn't get the opportunity to be the everyday regular player at a time where he could have capitalized on his health. And I think that maybe got in the way of what Chad Pinder could have become. He's not going to tell you that. So I will, um, but he made the decision knowing that he is at peace with the decision. You know, he was raking early in AAA and just was like, you know what? It's just still like, you know, I get three, four hits and I'm just not, it's just not, it's not the same. So the body doesn't feel the way it should. Uh, The heart doesn't feel the way it should about it. So you go home, you be the outstanding father and husband that he is. You thank baseball for all the opportunities that it gave you as a player. And I don't think we have seen the last of Chad Pinder on a baseball field. So there's a solid chance he's probably helping somebody get to the big leagues 
a heck of a lot sooner than later. And if you have the opportunity to come across Chad Pinder and you are a younger player, take the time, ask questions, because what the dude experienced as a player and what he was capable of is something I think a lot of people should inquire about, especially in a day where the game is requiring you to once again be an athlete as opposed to just an anchor maybe in the infield somewhere. This dude did it all, played everywhere, and did a great job of it. So uh, a a farewell, a happy farewell to Chad Pinder. The game thanks you. The fans in Oakland thank you. I thank you for the effort put in at the Coliseum and everywhere in between. Uh, baseball will miss you, but we know that you're not gone. Yeah, he didn't die for sure. Yeah, uh, no. We need to get your pick on the baseball's dead parlay before you go, Dallas. Ooh, pick before. Well, I could tell you to roll with the Oakland A's for the sweep against the Atlanta Braves. That would be a little too homerish. So instead, what I'll do is tell you to ride that fucking Mitch Keller bucko wave out mm. in San Francisco. Buckos plus 170 over Alex Wood and the Giants. Fuck them Giants. Damn. All right. Thank wow. you, Dallas. Thank Thanks, you. Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. <laughs> I I also have a tribute to Chad Pinder, if we don't mind. Oh, please. Just a quick little nug. Yeah. Uh, he is the second player in baseball history to end his career with exactly 62 home runs and three triples. Uh, he joins the very famous Dick Brown, who played, from 19, who played from 1957 to 1965 for four different organizations. Uh, but yes, Pinder, 62 homers, three triples. Uh, we call that doing a Dick Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chad Pinder did a Dick Brown. He was out he there sure doing did. the Dickie B. <laughs> All day. <laughs> Have you for him. Uh, yeah, Joe, too. what's your leg of the parlay? Um, my leg in the parlay would have to be Bo Bichette over one and a half total bases. Um, okay. The guy's hot. The guy's been hot. And he's facing, guess who he's facing today? Who's I bet you'll never today? guess. Who's he facing? Julio Tehran. Oh, wow. Wow. He's back, When's the last time bro. he pitched in the big leagues? 2020? I think he pitched one game last year. I think he pitched like one game the past two years. And in the in 2020, he pitched like 10 games. So he's pitched. I I, I looked it up. He I pitched think this year. Games. He pitched one game for the Brewers this year. He pitched one game yeah, for the Brewers apologize. this he, year. Did not pitch last year. Pitched one game for the Tigers in 2021. And then he pitched. He made nine starts for the Angels in 2020. Yeah. Damn. So 12, 12 innings in the past three years, but he's back. So respect to being back. But I am fading you, bro. And I am thinking Bichette hits a bomb, but at least two bases. Okay. At least two bases. Jay, hey, do you have a leg for the parlay? Yeah. I'm going to pivot quickly uh, because mm -hmm. I was actually going to do an Alec Manoa, but I know we don't want to double Ooh. up on same game action. So I did have a backup ready, too. And I think you're going to like this one. I'm going. With the Boston Red Sox, but specifically oh! James uh, James Paxton, I'm taking the over on five and a half strikeouts tonight wow. against the Reds. So over five and a half strikeouts for James Paxton. That's minus one twenty five. Wow, uh, I'm gonna double dip because I <clears throat> I put out a two legger 
Um, I do. I usually do Monday, Wednesday, Friday for my parlays. Um, but because we're doing two, I'm just gonna take a leg from my two legger that I want the one that I like the best, and that would be Matt Olson, two plus total bases. Um, Matt Olson, second in Major League Baseball in slugging percentage against right-handed pitching, and he's going up against James Caprillion, who has an 8.45 ERA. So I feel good about that one. Yeah, he bad. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he bad. Yeah, just not good at all. So that's uh that's my leg. Um quick quick note here. Quick note on the way out. Uh I wanted to give some love again to Zach Gallen. Again. Um I this dude obviously he's starting to get some mainstream love I feel like I feel like it was one it, before it was like oh man Zach Gallon's so underrated no one talks about him uh people are talking about him now maybe not on the same level as guys like Garrett Cole and Shohei Otani and uh Alcantara last year he's uh he's definitely starting to evolve into a guy that people he's he's when when you get into the the that the circles of uh, awareness where you like diehards know who you are. But once you start to get that casual attention, that's a that's a different kind of attention. That's a different level of success. But Zach Gallen at home this year, when he pitches at home, six starts, he's six and oh, six quality starts, 41 innings, a zero. 66 ERA. A 0.92 FIP. A 0.73 WHIP and an 11.85 strikeouts per 9, averaging 7 innings per start. There is not a better pitcher in Major League Baseball than Zach Gallen at home. Uh the next closest guy, Jay Hay, the next best pitcher at home. Hmm. Do you know who that is? Hmm. Justin Steele. It's not. Damn. No, it's not. But idea. it is someone that you did want to talk about today. Oh, Senga. Yes. It's got Dominant. a one one twenty ERA at home this year. Well, you know what else he's got. What? He's got that nasty ass forkball, and I just wanted yeah. to update. Where we're at with the fork ball after last night, batters were 0 for 8 with six strikeouts. They are now up to on the season six for 56, which is a 107 batting average with 39 strikeouts and 56 at bats. Mm. It's good for a whiff rate just under 60%. That's basically the best whiff rate on any single pitch for any single starter in baseball this year. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Is Senga underrated? I don't know. We got to give him more time to be rated, I think. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. I mean, the numbers don't lie. He, uh, so as of this point, we can say that he's legit. Um, we can also say that uh, Max is legit because there's a new streaming service called Max. It's a sure bet. With everything on HBO Max, including HBO, the DC Universe, Adult Swim, together with TLC, Discovery, Food Network, and more, Max really has some of the best content out there. It's literally 
something for everyone in your household. Max is where we all win. Max, the one to watch subscription required. Visit max.com to sign up today. Uh, Joseph, do you have any uh, do you have any final thoughts this evening? Anything that was kind of sticking out to you? I got a good final thought that you like. A What's guy that? you may be friends with or your organization just kicked to the curb and said, you know, we don't need you. We don't want you. We need other players who are better than you. And then turns out. J.D. Martinez. That didn't happen because J.D. Martinez is one of the best hitters in the league. Yeah, he And is. no one talks about him. I do. Because you guys pushed out a narrative that he was old and useless. Mm-hmm. And he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But Jake, pull up those numbers. Pull up those JD Martinez numbers. I got the numbers right here. <laughs> can, can I start doing that? Just like, yo, Jake, can you pull up uh, the yo, splits? Jake, pull the numbers. JD's JD Martinez. I went away last time again. JD Martinez has homered in three straight games. He has a home run in seven out of his last 10 games, seven home runs in 10 games with two doubles. He's hitting 381 over that span. He's second to only Aaron Judge in slugging percentage, and he's fifth in OPS, 1292. I mean, it's kind of interesting because he's basically a platoon hitter at this point because he's mm. useless against lefties and has been absolutely annihilating righties, um, which whatever. I mean, that could at least if, if he's going to crush one thing, you at least know when to play him, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised. And that's that what the Dodgers well do so good lefties. at. Yeah, he's what hitting they, 171 he's a with a 631 man. OPS against lefties. <laughs> and a 314 with so a 1.026. Huh. Just going to start comparing him to Justin Turner. See who's doing better since you guys I mean, totally just that's, kicked that's him been the a curb. thing. That's been a thing all along. People have been comparing him to Justin Turner. But against righties, 314 with a 1026 OPS and 124 plate appearances. Like, that's the JD Martinez we know and love. Yeah. He's also, interestingly enough, not hitting well at Dodger Stadium. He's hitting 233 at Dodger Stadium with a 799 <laughs> OPS. He's hitting 314 with a 1026 OPS on the road. <laughs> that makes no sense. And look at this guy who's like at the top of every stat cast category. Hits the ball harder than, harder than anyone. Expected statistics, unbelievable. But also, he can't hit at home and he can't hit lefties. He sucks ass. Now, but he's, he's ass. so good at that one thing. He's so good at that one thing. He has a specialty on the road against righties. Put yeah. him in the lineup. On the homers, road and- against righties, <laughs> he's hitting the tank. Like that's happening. And in, in games that the Dodgers have gone on to win, he's hitting 296 with a 1089 OPS in losses. 254 with a 714 OPS. So about a 300 point difference in games that the Dodgers lose. He fucking move. He is the straw that stirs the drink in LA, as they say. It's crazy. Good for Julio. Extremely though. Happy for him. Extremely underrated. When he swings at the first pitch, Joe. He's hitting 500 with a 1563 OPS. So I know that, you know, Oh, I know that you know. I know. Yeah. I don't know. fall behind him either. Because in a 1-0 count, 19-17 OPS. Yeah. You see what he is against sliders? 
at home? <laughs> no, what is it? 414 batting oh, average. Oh my God. 776 slugging. Jesus. You want to see what he is when he gets a 3-1 count? You don't want to get to a 3-1 count with J.D. Martinez at the plate. You know what his OPS is? It's got to be up there. 2,500. Just put him on, bro. Yeah. What are you doing? Don't pitch to this guy. Come on. Don't pitch to this guy. Don't pitch to him. It's bad news. And And by the way, if he comes up with two outs, Oh, oh, <laughs> with two outs, J.D. Martinez this year is hitting 339 with an 1136 OPS with two out. Brutal. Brutal. Unfortunately, so. with runners on second and third, he hasn't gotten a hit all year. Zero, <laughs> zero hits. Hasn't even no. gotten, on, gotten on base yet. Two strikeouts. <laughs> Oof. Jeez. I mean, if there's two outs and runners in scoring position, look out. 438 <laughs> with a 1471 OPS. Holy shit. And if it's a night mm-hmm. game too, it gets even it gets even <laughs> wackier. That's it. What We're talking a 834 slugging percentage. Oh wow. If it's night and there's zero outs. And there's runners on second and third. Jesus. He's he's a big mid-game guy. Because in innings one through three, he's hitting 196 with a 726 OPS. But in innings four through six, Joe, he's hitting 370 with an 1146 OPS. So do not pitch to him between innings four and six. Yeah, he's just timing you up first time he sees you. He's he's timing you up. He's spitting on it. He's seeing it. All right, I strike out. I'll see you next time. Yeah. Boom. And then by that time, it's Mm -hmm. probably night. And once it turns night, once the lights go down, lights go on, sun goes down, J.D. Martinez Mm -hmm. goes yard. Yep. Here's something that's actually very impressive. Versus starting pitching, 923 OPS. Versus relief pitching, 921 OPS. So he don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the guy's got a, a high OPS. He's got a high OPS no matter what starters, relievers. And then to your point where he's timing you up, this, this backs that up, right? Versus starting pitcher the first time, 539 OPS. Versus starting pitcher the second time, 1035 OPS. You're going to burn in hell if he sees you for a third time. 1189 OPS if he sees a starter for the third time. No. And if he sees on. a starter, if he sees a starter for the fourth time, guess what his OPS is? 5,000. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Take him out of the game, man. Yes. Bring, in the, bring in the lefty. Bring in the you, lefty blue. Or skip. You are an asshole. If you let J.D. Martinez see your starting pitcher for a fourth time, never mind. Like, take him out of the game after the first. Like, you only use an opener against J.D. I yeah. like your chances the first time. Second time, bad. Third time, worse. Fourth time, catastrophic. 
All right, I'm out of here. Uh, All I right, Jay. Go hey. pray, I, I gotta go pray for a. I gotta go pray for a Rod. Yeah, please light a candle for a Rod. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the JD Martinez statistical segment. We'll have an update <coughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Update, update all of them. <laughs> yeah, we're going to update all those tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. We going to raise it. Go A's. Raise it.